Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez announced that the government of Canada will be pulling all advertising from Meta's social media platforms. The CBC says it regrets a story alleging contact between Alberta Premier Smith's office and Crown prosecutors. A recent ruling by the Canadian Armed Forces Grievances Board found that the Canadian Armed Forces' mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy violated charter rights. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, July 6th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. In response to Meta's decision to block Canadian news content from their platform as a retaliation measure to the passage of the Online News Act, Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez announced that the government of Canada will be pulling all advertising from Meta's social media platforms. In total, $10 million worth of government advertising will be pulled from Facebook and Instagram. Rodriguez explained that the government will not be pulling their advertising from Google because Google remained open to communication with Rodriguez's office, while Meta has not. Rodriguez says that communication with Meta has broken down and that his office hadn't spoken with them for weeks while having talks with Google the week prior. Here's what he had to say about it. The platforms don't have any obligations under the act, none. And despite this, Facebook has decided to be unreasonable, irresponsible, and started blocking news. This is why today we are announcing the government of Canada will be suspending advertising on Facebook and Instagram. And this is exactly what Canadians are expecting. So today we're calling on both platforms to stay at the table, work through the regulatory process with us, contribute their fair share, and keep news on their platform. It's good for the platforms, good for news in Canada, good for Canadians, good for our democracy. The proportional revenue Meta receives from the government is negligible, as the $10 million in advertising pulled from Facebook and Instagram represents less than 1% of their $117 billion revenue in 2022. Earlier on Wednesday, Quebec Corps also announced that they will be pulling advertising from Facebook and Instagram. Quebec Corps owns a telecom company, Videotron, the Quebec Media Group TVA, and Quebec newspapers, the Journal de Quebec and Journal de Montreal. To me, this story is just kind of funny because obviously it won't impact Meta. The funding amounts to less than 1% of their total funding revenue budget. And yet, I don't know why we were spending money on advertisements on Facebook anyways. Of course, we should be saving this money. Yeah, it's really coming off as a power struggle between Meta and the government of Canada. And I think to a lot of onlookers, it seems like Meta is winning. And, you know, Rodriguez is talking a lot about democracy. Trudeau has also brought up how Meta has an obligation to Canada's democracy. But I think you could argue uh, as a private company, they don't really have that mandate And I think there's a lot of complexities that need to be worked through with that. You're right. It has kind of turned into a petty tit for tat and Meta seems to be on top in this one. And I mean, at the end of the day, the Canadian government looks foolish because everyone sort of expected this to happen. We saw what happened in Australia when they passed similar legislation and initially Meta decided they were going to pull link sharing on Facebook. But really, it's the Canadian people and Canadian media outlets that are going to suffer here and already are suffering. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I've noticed traction in 
sharing news articles online has gone down. So this is going to be a long road if the government doesn't realize its mistake, which it seems to be doubling down on and sort of pushing forward with these errors. One of the issues here is we could say, you know, with Meta and Google cutting off uh, link sharing in Canada is, you know, only the strong will survive and we'll see the greatest media outlets thrive. And then, you know, the the ones that aren't doing so well will kind of fade out. But the thing is, that's not going to happen because Rodriguez has already made a promise that he's going to put resources towards, uh, you know, basically legacy media outlets. So he is going to keep propping those up with taxpayer money um, and he'll ensure that they survive. So this isn't really going to be a situation where only the strongest survive because the taxpayer money is going to keep flowing to legacy media outlets. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. CBC News has significantly altered a story it published earlier this year, claiming Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's office had contacted Crown prosecutors and says it regrets those claims. In January, the state broadcaster relied on anonymous sources to report that Smith's office contacted Crown prosecutors and pressured them on COVID-19 and the Coots border blockade charges. Smith, her office, and Crown prosecutors denied the allegations, and the CBC later updated the story to say it had not viewed the emails in question. In May, during the Alberta provincial election campaign, the narrative further unfolded when an ethics report from Commissioner Marguerite Trussler was released, finding no evidence of such an email. In light of the report, the CBC said it re-interviewed its sources who could not confirm that the emails originally described were sent directly from Smith's office to the Crown. A lengthy editor's note atop the article reads, quote, As such, we have updated this story and related pieces, removing references to direct contact between the Premier's office and prosecutors which the Premier has vehemently denied, CBC News regrets reporting direct contact by email. Smith has long called the allegations in the original CBC story baseless and called for a retraction and apology. She even threatened a defamation suit in May over a related article. The CBC head of public affairs, Chuck Thompson, said the publication took until July to update the story because, quote, simply stated, that's the time it took to do our due diligence. Rachel, what do you think of the CBC's blunder here? So I'm not surprised to see that this story has now been heavily edited. We've been covering it for a long time. And from the very beginning, it was quite obvious that there was a lot of holes in the reporting. And then, of course, when that ethics report was released in May, it further solidified what we already knew, that there did not appear to be any direct contact between the premier's office and Crown prosecutors. Now, that being said, CBC should issue a full retraction. To simply edit the story, to tweak the headline, and to add an editor's note is not enough in this case. This is an absolutely huge mistake because the topic of that first initial story that was published was that there was direct contact between the Premier's office and Crown prosecutors. So you can't just 
slightly edit that story. This demands a full retraction. You know, I'm glad they changed the story, but it's not enough. And I think they should be more upfront with their mistake here as opposed to slipping it into an old article. No, this is a huge mistake. This is why you have to be so careful when you are relying on anonymous sources because people can say anything they want and it can't be traced back to them. And often they will try to manipulate journalists to push their own agenda. In this case, obviously, the sources who pushed the story were very anti-Daniel Smith, were trying to get her into trouble, and they successfully used and manipulated some journalists to do that. I feel a little sympathy for the journalists in this case, but I don't feel any sympathy for their editors, who are likely much more senior than they are and have been working in this industry for years. They should have known better. They should have known better. They should have asked to see the emails up front. But honestly, I believe that the CBC has such a strong bias against Danielle Smith that they easily believe this to be true because they do think she's crazy. All the things they write about her, they believe those things because they are not conservative and they cannot understand the conservative mentality. Right. And, and we can reiterate here, this all unfolded during an election campaign while Danielle Smith was running for re-election as premier. That is the horrifying thing about this. Can you imagine if the UCP had lost and then this came out? It would be an outrage. I don't even know what would have happened. And luckily, you know, the UCP did squeak out a victory. They did lose a lot of ground in Calgary. It was still a victory, though. But this was a huge topic during the election campaign. And there is no doubt in my mind that it impacted voters because it was brought up time and time and time again with the premier being accused of judicial interference. So this is just a very bad thing for Canadian media, and it's frustrating, especially that it's coming from the CBC, the public broadcaster. All of us are paying for their work every single day, and then we get crap like this, and we don't even get an appropriate retraction. A recent ruling by the Canadian Armed Forces Grievances Board found that the Canadian Armed Forces' mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy violated the charter rights of a member who was released for refusing to get vaccinated. The board is in charge of reviewing official grievances launched by CAF members. In its ruling, the board stated that the Canadian Armed Forces' vaccination policy infringed on the member's right to liberty and security of the person under Section 7 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The watchdog also found that the policy, which came in place at the height of the pandemic via an order by General Wayne Eyer, was arbitrary, overly broad, and disproportionate. The report then concluded that the CAF had not shown that mandatory vaccination was necessary to protect public health or operational effectiveness, given the high vaccination rate within the Canadian Armed Forces. As exclusively reported by True North in November 2021, unvaccinated Canadian Armed Forces members were subject to a, quote, unsuitable for further service release, which would leave a permanent stain on the member's service record. As a remedial measure, the Grievances Board ordered the Canadian Armed Forces to fully reinstate the member to their former position and give them compensation for unjust release. This ruling comes amid a lawsuit filed by hundreds of unvaccinated Canadian Armed Forces members against the Defence Ministry and the Canadian Armed Forces Command. You know, this is obviously a big story, a huge win for this unvaccinated individual, obviously the right decision from the Grievances Board. But it really begs the question, is this ruling going to impact that lawsuit on behalf of hundreds of unvaccinated Canadian Armed Forces member? What do you think, Lindsay? Yeah, that my initial reaction was also, you know, this is a win. This is a victory. 
but I feel like it's more just justice because, you know, none of these mandates should have ever happened. Um, so I don't want to, you know, congratulate or applaud anyone who ever imposed these mandates on anyone because it was such a dark time. Um, it was so unfair and we learned really how um, tyrannical Canadian people can be. And um, so I see this as, you know, justice, but maybe not a complete victory. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.